0: You don't have to find fake confidence. You have to find the areas of your sex life that you actually like, understand why you like them so that your brain starts going, oh, okay, we're good here, instead of just shaking it off and telling yourself you're an idiot for believing the opposite. I don't encourage fake confidence. I encourage genuine confidence. You just got to look for it a little bit and you got to get the repetition in place to actually get to the point of believing it. And you don't have to think twice about being confident in bed. You just will be. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests, and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more sex is still so taboo. And I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. Today is about Q&A, your Q&A, or your Q and my A. (laughs) So this is gonna be a mix of the general Q&As you are asking and also penis-related concern questions. Buckle up, it's gonna be fun. I have a glass of wine. And so that you guys are well aware, I am hosting my first masterclass in September, on September 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific time. And how this is going to go is each month is going to be a different topic of the masterclass. September's topic is premature ejaculation. So this is going to be a highly effective 60-minute live video masterclass on how to understand and overcome premature ejaculation so you can improve your sex experiences without worrying about performance. So in this class, you'll gain awareness around premature ejaculation, get to the root of the understanding of why it happens, and leverage the tools necessary to prevent it and feel more confident so that you have better sex, you feel in more control, and who the fuck doesn't want that? All right, so if you want to join this masterclass and you and you're ready and you know that's something for you, and even if you can't make it on that day at that time, I will send you the recording as long as you're signed up. It is a low-cost fee right now at 49 bucks, and that is the pre-sale rate. So this is the early bird special, so to speak, and you can go check that out and purchase it at the link in the description. All right, let's get to this episode. So I'm just going to pick, obviously, the questions I feel would be most helpful to the majority of you. Um... Do you like to be eaten from the back? All right. That's the first question I see. (laughs) We are not going to go there. (laughs) The second one is so random, too. Do you curl your hair? Is it an easy process or does it take forever? (laughs) First of all, I've never had curly hair. Like, I've never had curly hair on Instagram. So that question is just hilarious to me. All right. How do you create excitement in the bedroom in long-term relationships? This is a great question because even if you do have a good sex life that you're happy with, you may feel like, all right, it's not exciting though. You know, it's kind of just routine at this point. It's we do what we do and you've gotten used to doing certain things in a certain order and that's very typical. So what you want to do to create excitement is create some novelty. You know, what's something... What's something little I can change? How can we change the order of our sex? How can I ask her a question during sex? I've never asked her, you know, like, you know, the other day I said to my client, um, I said, do you ask her if she orgasms, if she had an orgasm? And he said, well, I never I never like I don't specifically ask. I just know her body. And right before saying that, he was telling me that the last time they had sex, she brought up to him that she didn't orgasm and he thought she did. And I said, well, what if you asked her the simple question flat out, you know, did you orgasm? And he was like, yeah, I guess I can do that. I mean, I know most of the time. And I was like, most of the time isn't enough. (laughs) Like, Ask her the question. She'll appreciate it. You'll feel more confident in the sex you're having. And you'll also realize, you know, a a lot of guys don't realize that she's not orgasming. And you think that she is because you're reading the body and then you realize you're having less and less sex because she's less open to it when that's really the reason. I know I'm steering off track a little bit from the novelty aspect, but that was a really important point that I think all you guys should realize is that, hey, just because I ask her if she orgasmed doesn't mean I'm not a great lover. It doesn't mean I'm insecure. It doesn't mean any of those shit (laughs) feelings like It's a great thing to ask your woman and get confirmation that she had an orgasm. Um, That's a good thing. So creating more novelty, um, like I said, changing the changing the um, the pattern of your sexual experiences, adding something new. Maybe you want to try anal, but you're both kind of nervous and she's especially nervous. Um, If. If it's that, it's like, all right, well, what's one thing we can do the next time we have sex that goes in the direction of anal play that's not too overwhelming for you, but is exciting because it's a little new. It's something we've been wanting to try and you feel comfortable with it. It's just a little outside the comfort zone, you know, and maybe that's just rubbing her asshole. You know, maybe that's introducing a vibration toy that's held against her asshole, Um, If that's something you have never done before, then that can be an exciting way to introduce some novelty and also um, just know that, hey, like maybe we'll work on this step by step and see if we eventually get to the point of penetration. So things like that. Um, Like I said, the questions you ask, the things you say. One client of mine, I had him start. um, For better lack of words, moaning, (laughs) moaning. Uh, For lack, for lack of better words, (laughs) I'm like, wait, that didn't come out right. Um, I told him, like, try to use more verbal expression and that can simply be a moan. And because he was trying to get her to be more talkative and I asked him, are you talkative? And he said no. And I said, well, if you want to lead this then maybe you should start by at least verbalizing how you're feeling. Like, what can you say? And he said, oh, that would feel really awkward, blah, blah, blah. So I said, well, what if you just made a noise, like a grunt or heavy breathing? Um, and he said, I could do that. So I was like, okay, do it. See what happens. See if she reciprocates. She, see if she um, gets turned on by it. You know, so that, in, that for him was a big step because he's like, oh, wow, I never did that. And then when I did that, she let out a little noise and she never lets out noises. So that was kind of cool. So that was his experience. And it was like, wow, something as simple as him grunting once during sex, <laughs> like, like brought some novelty to the relationship and he experienced something with her he's never experienced, which was her being a little vocal. Um, so that was pretty cool. It doesn't take much to create novelty. You know, some people think, oh, novelty, it means we have to join a BDSM club. (laughs) No, you don't. You simply, it's just like, hey, what's something I never said during sex? What's a noise I never made? What's something I never asked for? Um, what's, what's routine we never, uh, we never tried out, you know? Um, what's a position we never tried? So there's a lot there. All right. Um if you hear an awkward scratching, I have these bug bites and that's what I'm scratching. They're driving me fucking nuts. Um hopefully you can't hear it cuz they're not by the microphone, but that's that noise. All right. Um Hey, I'm 19 and probably about to lose my virginity. Any tips for first grade sex? All right. So, 19 is young. I know most of you guys listening aren't are well over the age of 19. Um, But this tip that I'm going to give this kid is just as important for you guys. And what that tip is, is to slow down, is to go slower than you think. If you think you're going slow, go a little slower (laughs) because I think a lot of guys lose um, they lose sight of how powerful it is to to go slow and kind of move with intention so to speak. And it's actually really sexy because it creates this passion that's very different from the hard thrusting that we see in porn. Right. And it could be really easy to just look at porn and be like, oh, well, everyone who's good at sex goes hard and fast and pounds her from behind. Right. That's the typical porno. Um, but when you're going slow and thrusting with passion slowly, it doesn't mean it has to be like all loving when I say passionate, It just means like, like you're owning it, you know. Like you are in it. It makes you so much more present. Um, it it keeps you in more control, and it's also a lot of the times more pleasurable for her. So I would definitely, if not, if you're not right now, practice going slower than you normally do. Um, I had my cl- another client of mine do this. Um, And he struggles with premature ejaculation on and off. But lately he hasn't been as we've been working together because we've been trying different things. But when I told him this tip, along with the other things he's been working on, it got him to have the longest sex he's probably ever had. And that was pretty cool because he was like, you know, I felt in control of it. Um, It was easy to switch positions like it wasn't like it wasn't this rush, you know, and when you have the energy of rushing, then it's it's very easy to, to have to experience premature ejaculation, right? Because that that in itself is a rush. It's like, right, get this over with. Let's go. Um, so you really to slow everything down means you're going to slow your breathing down, means you're going to slow your kissing down. You're going to everything just slows down and you are so much more in the moment. You're so much more likely to feel certain things. You're more likely to be in tune with your own arousal so that if you're getting there too fast, you can pull away or pull out um turn her on her back, give her a massage that's a little slow, and take your time there. you know, and even if you're there and then your dick gets soft, that's okay like that's normal, guys. I've been getting a lot of questions about this, like, oh well my my dick like loses its hardness during a sexual session. um, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> Like we got to normalize this shit because so many of you learned sex and what sex is and what it looks like from porn and those guys are on Viagra from the start like they're they're taking drugs to literally keep themselves hard and erect for for an hour hours at a time okay like that's not that's not the typical real life that's not what your penis is meant to do all right it's okay to take a break and get soft and eat her out. It's okay to, t- to get soft and then give her a massage. You know, you don't need a hard dick to give her a massage or <laughs> eat her out. Um, so so yeah, let's just normalize that. But um, But yeah, slow down. Overall, just slow down. All right. At this rate, we will never get through the majority of these questions because there's, there's over a hundred of these. Uh, so I don't know if it's, I think it's actually better to go in detail a bit than rush them. Um, Slow down, right? (laughs) Take my own advice here. Okay, so let's see another question. Oh, this is an interesting one. I may have given my wife negative associations with sex. What questions to ask her on how to fix this? That's a really interesting question, and I, I applaud this guy for taking ownership over that and being like, fuck, like, I might have done this. Like, how do I fix it now? Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Um, so if you've given your wife negative ass- or your girlfriend, you're listening to this, and you you feel like you've given negative associations with sex, you can flat out tell her hey, I've been thinking about our sex life and I feel like over the course of the last, I don't know, two years, three years, 10 years, whatever it is, I've been creating this negative association with sex in our relationship. And it's really been on my mind and I don't want to do that. Obviously, I want to make it a positive experience for you and for me. And I want it to have a positive association. So I'm wondering if you notice that and I'm also wondering what I can do more of to help keep a positive association tied to sex for us. See how honest that is? It's this vulnerability of, wow, I feel this way. All right, how do I tell her? You tell her. That's exactly what you do. You know, what questions to ask her. You ask her what you can do to create more positive associations. And first, I think the power in this whole shift here that you can make for the better of your sex life would be to first be vulnerable enough to share that information with her that takes a man to share that information and admit that like first of all to me but even more so to your wife so I really encourage you to express that to her and share how you're feeling about it and your thoughts on that and it could be as simple as what I just said. Just rewind this and get that in your head. Write it down so that you're ready to express that to her. And then, and then just just trust that you being open um, and vulnerable about that is actually a sign of strength. All right, it's not weakness. It's it's strength, and it shows that you actually give a fuck and you're trying to fix this. So, good luck with that. Um, all right, let's. See. Let's see how long should I go down on her? That's an interesting question actually, because um many women are multi orgasmic, and especially when you're going down on them because that is how seventy five percent of women do have orgasms and is the only way they can have orgasms. so it's definitely a fun time when a guy is down there <laughs> sometimes just keep him down there until he can't breathe anymore. <laughs> or his tongue stops working um no I think that that you should be definitely to the point of getting her off you know um making sure that she's came and that she's satisfied in that way and see what she likes because some women do um like a certain amount like for me the go-to is twice like two orgasms and then I'm all right this is like TMI but that gets me to the point of like full arousal ready for penetration, you know, and every woman's body is different. So, um, so see what she likes, literally ask her, you know, is that like, do you want to, you want to keep going? What do you think you want to keep going? You know, it could be as easy as that little dirty talk where you're just flat out asking, what do you think? You want me to stay down here a bit? And then if you're down there and she's taking advantage and your tongue stops working and you're getting exhausted, then just say, all right, like, all right, my turn, flip her over and like do something sexy, you know, but, um, but yeah, I think it's just good to once again communicate and be specific in your communication. All right, um, wife and I. Only enjoy vanilla sex missionary position. How do I encourage any spice in the bedroom? Mm, I bet this is a lot of you guys. Um, When it comes to only being doing one position, I would, like I said with the other, sorry, like I said with the other question, I would say, what's a step towards Something different, but not too far off where it would be such a shock. So this is something I say all the time. Baby steps. Baby steps. What is the baby step going from missionary to something that is not so missionary? Um, Or maybe, maybe based on your relationship, maybe there's a lot of, maybe you you have a lot of hesitancy of changing from missionary position because you're, you're afraid that she might like stop having sex with you completely because there's definitely guys out there who feel that way. Um, If you have any concern at all, like you're afraid she might take it away, which is fucked up, but that's a very real fear today. Um, I would say the smallest baby step would be to keep having missionary or have your missionary sex and then do something you don't normally do in that missionary sex. So um, for instance, you're having missionary and you're on top of her, say you usually aren't pressed up against her chest. Maybe you're like, maybe you're just on top um, and you're not so close like skin to skin. Um, so maybe that's a change for you. That's a little change that makes it a little different. Maybe you're on top of her and you are skin to skin and you're really intimate and close and then you, you um, run your hands down her back to her ass cheeks and spread them open. You know, and then see how she and kiss her neck and see how she reacts. See, it's like you're making a tiny shift with something that's already very comfortable, but you're trying to change the direction of it. So you're you're adding some novelty. Once again, adding a little bit of novelty, but starting from the place of comfort, because if you just throw out there, hey, like we should do doggy tonight. That is so foreign if you haven't done doggy in years or ever. And that will scare her and that will create a fear and a disturbance in your sex life. You don't want that. So we want to start with where we're at and gradually go in the direction you want to go in, making sure that both of you are comfortable going down that route in that direction. OK. Um, here's another communication one. Um. My wife encourages me to go out and have fun with strangers. Does she want permission to cheat? Ask her. You know, say, "Okay, are you encouraging me to do this? Are you doing that because you want to cheat and you want to have fun with someone else? And openly ask, you know, try not to have too much tension around that question so that you could get a real answer Um, because there's a difference in being curious about that. And asking it as though she is, because we don't know if she is. Yeah, right. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know if she's looking to cheat. So you have to get that information first by simply asking her. Is the color of your eyes real, or do you wear lenses? No, these are my real eyes. Um, it's funny because this is not my real hair. I'm actually a natural blonde and people freak out when they hear that. <laughs> but I'm a blonde hair, blue eyed girl and I dyed my hair jet black. So now my eyes kind of pop with the dark black and then um, the black black. And then it just makes my eyes kind of look like they don't match the hair. So some people think I have contacts, which is funny. Um, she says she really enjoys sex, but it takes her a long, a really long time to want it again. Why? All right, this is a great question. Also, probably a lot of you are dealing with this. So when she says she really enjoys it, it's because she does really enjoy it. You know, that is true. And I know it can be confusing when you're like, all right, well, why wouldn't she want this all the time if she tells me how great it is? And most of that I have a client like this, by the way, and his girlfriend says this all the time. And she says how great it is, like, you know, we should do this all the time. Um, and he's like, well, we can. Like, what the fuck? I <laughs> gets frustrated. But the problem the problem is there is that if you're if she is not able to get to her full arousal state and there's something blocking her from getting to reach her full arousal, then her body will not allow her to be prepared sexually. So it's like you can want something, but like you can want something. It's like you want it mentally, but your body doesn't want it. And what usually gets in the way of women wanting sex or women's bodies wanting sex are stress factors. Um, Because for women, it's more of a reactive arousal response versus a a spontaneous arousal. You probably heard me say this too, where men can be ready for sex very quickly, physically and mentally, but women not so much. And it's like, even though we may want it, our body's just not in the place to desire it. And then there's a contradiction where it doesn't seem like we make sense around it. There are also men who have um, a reactive arousal, is reactive? Responsive arousal um then and you know not all men are spontaneous but most men are spontaneous arousal and most women are um responsive arousal so that means that she's going to have to have situations come in her life that allow her to let go of that stress and she so that she can respond in like so that she's able to respond to sexual stimuli um so what that means is If she has and this is why a lot of the time if guys help around the house and they're not used to doing that, but they help her out, it's like eliminating some of her stress. So then she's able to allow more space to increase her arousal because there's less stress and she also um, sees him as more attractive because it's sweet of him to do that. It shows that he cares so we're seeing like a bump in oxytocin, you know, like she's feeling the love and she's also having a, a little block of stress removed. And that's what helps her have that response because there's a little less stress. So she's more reactive to the things that would turn her on, such as a guy helping her out, her man helping her out with something he knows she needs help with. Um. So most likely your woman has a lot of stress on her plate. That's almost the main cause or almost always the main cause. There's also body dysmorphia, um, which is another common one for women. Women worry about their body all the time. They're constantly talking negatively about their body. So um, so that kind of hinders them from being open sexually. So there's there's a bunch of things that get in the way, right, and block that ability to be turned on and be aroused So it's a matter of talking to your woman to see, like, what do you think would make you more aroused consistently? Like, what makes you most aroused? What happens? Is there anything I can do to help you be more aroused consistently? So you can start with those questions. Um, All right, I am. Oh, wait, favorite pizza place, Joe's in manhattan (laughs) it's amazing it's like everyone's favorite okay i'm 33 dating again am i out of touch are 20 year olds accustomed to sex first and second first date second all right so he's feeling a little out of touch in the dating world and unsure of when to have sex Or what people are doing today. So it really depends on you. You know, I I don't think there's really any social pressure at this point in the dating world to have sex right away. I don't think that's really a thing, you know. And I think that, um, I think there is, there are more women initiating sex than there used to be on the first or second date. But I would say whatever your, comfortable with whatever you're ready for and of course whatever she's comfortable and ready for um so you want to you don't have to worry about what people are doing or like what's the thing to do now or like what 20 year olds are doing like don't worry about that if you find a connection with someone and it's really strong and there's a lot of desire there and you feel it and there's so much chemistry then sure have a sexual experience be safe and have fun if If it's not there or if you're unsure or if you really like this girl and you're not sure if you want to um, get tied up sexually yet because, you know, in the past you've had sex and then lost motivation to pursue that woman, then don't do it. You know, you have to or don't even try. So I would just start there. This is an interesting one. Can you talk about fake confidence in men, especially in the bedroom? All right. So I'm going to I'm going to take fake confidence as, you know, just find just find it temporarily. Like when I think of fake confidence, I think of temporary, not genuine confidence. At least that's what comes to mind for me. I don't know if this guy feels that way. I don't know if you guys do, but that's my perspective. And I I think that what's most important is for you to find ways to feel genuinely confident. And I was talking to um, a client the other day, and we were talking about this voice in his head that constantly comes up about his penis size. He has an average dick, um, he's had great sexual compliments in the past. There's no reason, realistically, for him to feel like he has a small penis. But there's a voice in his head that says he does. Um, And this this happened to be because he grew up watching porn and just thought that was the normal size, right? As many of you guys do. So he was constantly comparing from a young age, got to the point where he just believed with all of his heart (laughs) that he had a small dick. And realistically, he does not. And based on what women have said, he does not. Like it's and it's not to say like if you do have a small dick, you're, you're fucked um, for lack of better words. There. Um, but but it is to it is to realize that, hey, all right, let's not just let's not just tell myself, all right, well, that's not true. Just like shut up. It's not true. That's not going to make him feel confident about his dick. Just being like, all right, well, that's that's stupid. I shouldn't have to I shouldn't believe that's stupid because the belief is still there. So how do we replace that belief? And this is what I do with my clients, like literally making them find proof of the opposite of what they've been telling themselves and get clearer on what they want to believe about themselves to back it up by proof. That's how you get clearer. So it's instead of just saying like shaking it off and being like, all right, that's that doesn't even make sense. Um, I told him to think about, all right, what are the parts of your dick you actually like or like, what do you like about your dick? And he was like, well, I can last a really long time. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, I never once thought twice about that. And I always like, you know, when I I feel in complete control when I finish. I'm like, that's awesome. Cool. Like, what else? And he was like, well, I like I like the shape. You know, he was like going into things that he liked about it. And I was like, when was the last time you thought about this stuff? And he was like, never. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's important for you guys to find evidence of the opposing side, like the side that you actually want to start believing. So when it, when it comes to confidence and feeling confident in bed, and I'll ta- I talk about this in my OSPA course, too, my Overcoming Sexual Performance Anxiety course, um, it's about changing the relationship you have with your dick, with sex, and with women. Three very important relationships to enhance your sexual confidence. And you don't have to find fake confidence. You have to find the areas of your sex life that you actually like, understand why you like them so that your brain starts going, oh, okay, we're good here. Oh, that's great. Yeah, this does feel good to think about this. Oh, yeah, I do like that. Instead of just shaking it off and telling yourself you're an idiot for believing the opposite. You know, so it's not a I don't I don't encourage fake confidence. I encourage genuine confidence. You just got to look for it a little bit. And you got to get the repetition in place to actually get to the point of believing it. So that's your new natural state. And you don't have to think twice about being confident in bed. You just will be. All right. Um, moving on. I didn't even look at the penis questions yet. Fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many questions. I could probably break this up into like 17 episodes. <laughs> Maybe I will have to do that. Um, this is a funny question. Not funny. It's a real. All right. It's just a, I like this question. <laughs> um, I answered this idea in, in my Instagram. Do women actually like sucking cock? So this is funny because. um, Like the act itself is just. It's not the most comfortable experience or the most comfortable act, you know, like having an object being shoved down down your throat it's not like it's not always the comfiest thing (laughs) but but when you're fully aroused as a woman it's it's really it it's like you have this desire to do it um or many women do because when we're as as women when we're fully aroused and we go to suck a guy off our throat actually feels bigger because we like release, we're so relaxed, we just let go and we're so able to just receive. And I was saying it's the same thing with anal sex. Like if you're tense and you're afraid, you're going to have pain. It's going to really fucking hurt. He's not even going to get the tip in <laughs> like if you're tense. Um, And it's the same thing with giving head. Like as long as a woman is open, that's when women deep throat. Every woman has the ability to deep throat, but many can't because they don't have that relaxation. First of all, their man is not helping them get to. I'm not going to blame you guys, but um, a lot of times guys just like go right to her giving him head and she's not fully aroused yet. And I will tell you that you will get better head. I swear your head is going to be so much better. The head that you receive is going to be so much better if you make your woman aroused first and get her horny and get her turned on because then she's going to have more saliva because your dick will be hitting the back of her throat and she'll even partial deep throat she'll have a lot more saliva so it's going to feel better for her and her throat it's going to be hotter for you to watch it's going to be it's going to feel better for you because there's so much more saliva it's more like sloppy and wet um It's just better for everyone if she is first aroused before she sucks you off. And too many guys go straight to like, oh, just start off giving me head. You're not going to have great head. And she's not going to enjoy it. It's going to be on the painful side for her. It's going to be more of like an eye roll experience for her. Because of that. Um, She's not going to get excited about it. You know, like the I get excited, the, the cock that I get excited to suck (laughs) so x-rated um (laughs) is is from the guy who makes sure that I'm super turned on before I do it first that's it and then I like desire to give it to him um so yeah it just makes everything better and then we do enjoy it and when that's the predicament and that's the when that's the pattern not pattern when that's consistent and we're used to associating a full arousal with sucking cock, then, yeah, we're going to want to do it more. And we're going to feel sexier doing it. Like, think about it. Do you think a woman who, like, constantly gags and, like, can't get it wet and can't fit it in her mouth or, you know, like, she's not going to feel good about doing it again. So she's going to find reasons to not do it. But for you to help her want to do it more is helping her get to her full arousal. This is something I didn't mention on my blowjob podcast episode, which is very popular and helped out a lot of guys. So also go check out that episode because you'll learn a lot just around blowjobs in general and the importance of compliments around blowjobs. But um, that's a really good episode. All right, so that answered that. All right. Um, let's see... What would be your ideal sexual experience? Interesting. That's a good question. Um I was actually I was actually talking about this recently. I I was mentioning on Instagram last night I think it was when I was doing um some of these Q&As that something I think everyone's different. You know, I mean, of course everyone's different. Everyone has an ideal sexual experience, but for me it's less about it's less about the penetration and the orgasm that I remember and that's so memorable for me. It's about the communication around it. That's the most memorable and brings me happiness. <laughs> and I think that's why when I think of my sex life, I automatically smile. Like I literally just had the biggest smile on my face because I have so many good memories tied to sexual experiences. A lot of funny ones, like ridiculous ones, crazy intense ones that where there was role play and there were like toys and whipping and then the whipping went wrong. (laughs) Like we had a laugh. Um, you know, no one got hurt. I should say that. But, you know, just things happening around people like walking in or knowing about it, sleepwalking and then having sex. <laughs> just, one of my partners buying me a card and signing it from his dick and the card had glitter on it and it was saying how amazing I was, like sucking him. Like just funny things. Like I remember all the funny, fun parts of sex. So an ideal experience for me is just another one of those memories. Like Like just funny and not like funny in a goofy way, but just like, oh, my God, that was great. You know, it's like that feeling like I have like, oh, fuck, that was so that was so awesome. Or I loved having, you know, intense touching. Sometimes it's not always funny. Like sometimes it's like touching each other for an hour before we even have sex, like just laying there talking about something important or even just like learning more about each other and just touching for so long. And building that arousal up so much. Because to be honest, like, yeah, I've had orgasms since I was young. (laughs) Okay? So I know that an orgasm feels great. That's not something that really, like, orgasms are always amazing. You know, penetration always feels good. But the experience around the orgasms and penetration, that's the difference in the sexual experience. So those are the most memorable things for me. And I think that if most of us thought that way, we would enjoy our sex life a lot more because we would pay more attention to the communication around sex and not that we have to make it funny or fun or like try to make a certain situation happen like that but just like just enjoy being with the person you know like enjoy getting to know the person's body versus oh I need to get off and I haven't had sex in so long and I just need to bust a nut you know (laughs) like guy language but you know what I mean Um, anyway, that would be my answer. I don't have like an ideal specific experience. It would just be having fun with having a person I know I can laugh with. I always have the best sex with someone I can laugh with because if something goes wrong or something awkward happens, it's just great to have someone you can relax with. Um, that's definitely important. I think trying something a little new novelty is is really cool and always fun like a new toy or a new role play or you know just just something a little new and um and a lot of dirty talk I really like talking a lot (laughs) during sex so that would be that would be fun for me um but like I said it's that whole experience someone responds they're like it won't let me type all that i have to say oh love what you do <laughs> that's what they entered in the question box all right next question not a question but i love your content much love oh thank you i am so glad that you guys are enjoying it uh next question what gives you true fulfillment in life sex <laughs> sucking cock <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh, partially okay can it be too hard Ugh. i i feel like you guys overthink like is it too curved is it too straight is it too hard it, why is it flaccid at this time when i'm not even using it like sometimes you just have to relax relax if you're at the point where you feel like it's too hard like it's about to burst and you're in pain then yeah obviously go get checked by a doctor you know but like if you just have a hard cock when you want a hard cock don't complain about it just appreciate it (laughs) cool awesome I have a really hard cock and I'm aroused (laughs) nice all right next question what's a must do during sex Love this question. I hope you all know the answer at this point. Say it all together now, class. Communication. (laughs) Excellent. Good job. (laughs) You need to communicate. You need to communicate and communicate more obviously than you think. All right. So we definitely want to get in the habit, all of us, men and women, everyone. um, We want to get in the habit of specific, asking specific questions that we get specific answers because those specific answers give us confidence. If we ask a general question that has fluff in it and it's not really getting to the point and then we get a fluffy answer, then there's still a a concern around, do I have, do I know exactly? I'm still not sure. And then you lack confidence and then you act from a place of insecurity. So communicate and communicate specifically and don't be afraid to do that. It's actually very sexy and very, masculine to do that. All right. Um, ooh, we have a woman question. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. She says she asks, is it normal to feel insecure because he can't get hard 70% of the time? All right. I feel like it is normal to feel a concern or an insecurity or a worry. Like that's very it's, it's normal to have that reaction, right? Because it's like based on what we know and based on what our expectations are, what's happening is actually the opposite, right? So that can be, that can feel, um, it could feel a little daunting, you know, because I've been in the same position and it was a little overwhelming for me and I was questioning myself, even doing what I do. I was questioning, is this me? You know, and then the other part of me was like, this isn't you. You know, this is, <laughs> you know, this happens. Stop it. Um. So I was kind of fighting with myself, but it still happens. We're humans and we have certain reactions that make us question ourselves. Right. So I feel like, A, it's normal to feel insecure, but for him to not be able to get hard 70% of the time, I would say that there are men out there who do struggle with ED, erectile dysfunction. And Some of them struggle for years because they can't find a solution to help them. So I would encourage him to get the help he needs. Um, First, go to a doctor and get the physical ruled out to make sure he doesn't have any health concerns that are causing this ED. That's first and foremost. Make sure he sees a doctor for this, seriously, Um, because it could be something serious. So if he's not able to get hard 70% of the time, he he needs to see a doctor. Um. after the physical's ruled out, if he's healthy, if everything's fine, he saw a doctor, his doctor most likely will try to put him on a drug. Um. But I would encourage him to seek out psychological help first, because before getting on drugs that will have side effects that could that could make his sex life worse, it is better to to talk things out with someone to understand if his ED is purely psychological and just in his head. Um so that would be my recommendation is to help him help himself in this area because I'm sure it's not easy for him and I'm sure it's causing a lot of insecurity on his part too, right? So instead of you guys both both struggling. Um, just understand that it's normal to feel frustrated. It's normal to feel insecure, but know that this happens to, to men. It happens, uh, especially as they age, they experience more ED. And as they age, ED is more likely to be uh, a, come from a physical place versus a psychological. If he's on the younger side, um, in his you know early 20s to 30s, it's most likely psychologically induced. So that would be my response there. All right. So this is an interesting question based on what we talked about already. Wife loves hard and fast pounding. How can I last longer while still maintaining the intensity? All right. So um I would I would go in short spurts. And it's a matter, what what it's really a matter of is you understanding your own arousal uh, pattern, all right? If you know that you can last a certain amount of time going fast and hard, like what is the signal your body gives you when you're almost at that point of no return? Do you know that signal? Um, Because as long as you know that signal... You can go fast and hard and have confidence that you'll know when to pull out and change positions. And you'll also know that if you pull out, how long does it take for your body to calm down before you go back in? Do you have to pull out and then touch her a little bit and not enter at all? Can you pull out and just flip her over and literally go back in and then you're ready? Calm down? Like, what is your body? How does your body react in these in these responses? Um, where is your arousal pattern and what disturbs it from getting to the place of no return or past the point of no return, I should say. So that's a matter of knowing your body and, and you may not be able to do it for long, right? And if that's you, then maybe it's a matter of just letting her know that, that like, you know, just being upfront and being like, oh man, I just can't. I just can't, uh, you know, at that speed and intensity, it's really, it's really tough to to keep it. It's just so, you're so sexy and I just, I just let go. Um, and then maybe it's a matter of introducing a toy that you can use very hard and fast on her. And then go from the toy to you, to the toy to you. So that's, there are other options, you know, there are ways to work around all this. And there are things to help you do it. <laughs> What do you think peak sexual ages are for women? Thirties, mm. um, 30s? thirties 30s is peak, uh, based on what I've read. But it's, you know, what I've been seeing and re- not seeing really, but <laughs> what I've been reading uh, in terms of in terms of sex research, there are women in their seventies who are still able to squirt and enjoy sex and are more lubricated and enjoying sex more than some 30-year-olds. So it's like, all right, we can't really (laughs) just put a label on an age, you know? But I think, um, I mean, I know overall it's women in their 30s, they're most comfortable with their body, they've got to the point of like, you know, this is me, I love myself, no fucks given, Um, more experienced, um, more in tune with her arousal, um learn how to squirt have experimented enough to be like oh shit wow my body can do this or I really like this or it's just all around a great age I mean I'm new to the age but it is it is fun (laughs) it's so I think that's why 30s are the typical um peak sexual age for women and it's more like 40s for men so so yeah but Like I said, it can it really depends on the woman's openness, on her her sexual desire, her natural lubrication, because sometimes just being lubricated makes you horny, you know, like sometimes just randomly getting wet. It's like, ooh wait. (laughs) So um, so, yeah, it's but overall, the majority of women in their 30s. Um, How can I keep going and keep her going as well? I, I did the lube and I also slowed down. OK, so he knows the slow down trick um, and the lube. I would say that you can practice, like I said, some novelty. So bringing another type of experience into the bedroom where maybe your first session, it's just it's more intimate. Maybe the second round If you want to keep going and have another round, maybe the second round is like the more playful round where you both role play and have characters Um, or you watch a porn together or you bring out a toy for the second round. So that can always be a way to to keep it going is to spike that arousal again. And if it's not being spiked by lube or slowing down, which kind of makes sense, um, then you want to change something in the mind as far as like, all right, how can we, you know, keep this state of arousal? What needs to happen? What can we try? Um, I answered this one on IG, but I'll answer it again. What do your mom and dad think of your profession? Because this is something I often get asked. <laughs> like, what the fuck? My mom follows me on Instagram. Is my biggest fan. <laughs> Um, she's always been my biggest fan with everything I do and my sister. Um, my dad is very proud of me, but he doesn't like the details, obviously, thank God. Um, so it's kind of like, oh, you're doing good. And I'll tell him like, yeah, I like interviewed this person on premature ejaculation and erectile. And he's like, all right, okay, all right, Okay. (laughs) Like trying to just stop the conversation there. Um, and my mom is like, oh, tell me what happened. How did it go? What did you learn? You know, what cool thing happened when you did this? Um, you know, with this with this client, when you tried this exercise, how did they react? So I will like share realizations and exciting things with my mom because she's always open to that and like really wants to hear it, which is really cool because it's very supportive. So So yeah, those are... Those are my parents. It's funny because I was raised to be my mom was super strict as a Catholic as a kid as when I was a kid. So she was a crazy Catholic and I wasn't allowed to think about sex. You know, like if I masturbated, I would go to hell apparently. So guess I'm going to hell. But <laughs> but yeah, it was at that. It was very, very uh, strict and it made me. I think it made me question sex because it's like that rebel child came out of like, wait, but I'm not supposed to be doing this. Maybe I should do it. (laughs) And over the years, it it was something that was so repressed by my mom in me. Like she was trying to completely shut me off to the sexual world Um, and the things I wore. I couldn't go out with boys, even to the mall because she didn't want me having sex, like to the extreme. Um... You know, if a boy came to my house, I'd be watched literally like a hawk. Like it was just like it was very um, shielding and of course came from a protective place. But it was it was just intense. It was a lot. And it made me hate her for it. I had a really bad relationship with her at one point in my life when I was a young teen. And there was just a lot of anger there. And I it's over time. You know, I got to the point of just of just um, finding my own sensuality. And as a young teen, I was very sexual. I was a very sexual girl. I was very um, comfortable being a sexual girl. I was very out there and expressive with the men I would talk to. And I really enjoyed it. And I had a lot of fun with it. And um, there were parts of me that got into trouble with it. And, um, and then it got to the point where I was finally able to, to share, um, to share with my mom and open up about things that were actually going on with boys and whatnot. And I think, you know, past that point of early college years, like maybe my second or third year in college when I got that comfort level to that comfort level with my mom, um, it just became a lot easier because I felt accepted from literally all angles to to um, to appreciate sex and be interested in sex and also then realize that it wasn't a horrible thing that I would be punished for for all eternity. <laughs> so um, I think that once that relationship calmed itself and actually improved And I also took a human sexuality class in college, which was my favorite class. I remember like one class I was asked to like label all the parts of the penis and I did it in like a record breaking amount of time, apparently. And everyone was laughing in the class like it was just so funny. I just like have all these great memories around being intrigued by it in my psychology uh, schooling and the special classes I took around it. And I was just I remember even as a kid thinking, oh, my God, what if I taught about sex? That would be the coolest job. I could never do that. Oh, my God. And then I remember I got older and I had the thought again. And I was like, that would be so embarrassing, though. I could never do that. That would be so embarrassing. I don't know how people do that. And then I got a little older and I was like I was like, all right, well, I'm going to help with the relationships, but I'm not going to talk about sex because that would be weird. That would be way too out there. And then I and then I started working with guys in relationships and I eventually realized the majority of the concerns were related to their sex lives or lack thereof, I should say, and sexual insecurities. And I was like, you know what? Fuck, maybe (laughs) maybe I have to focus on this. And then that's when I went to school for sexology and I was a I was given 15 months to complete the program and it was the equivalent to a master's degree Um, and I completed it in six months just because I was so intrigued I was so passionate and I've I've always loved this topic and I've always wanted to teach on it and I think it all started with this topic being such a repressed feeling um most of my life and all of my childhood and early upbringing that it was like there was so much pain and curiosity and resentment and emotion and like excitement and in like like so much around sex. So I think it was just really cool how my childhood like I thank my mom for for that because I feel like if she didn't like cause those repressed, you know, if she didn't repress that um, and make it such a taboo thing, then I wouldn't little me wouldn't have that curiosity of going after it to figure it out and want to know more um so it's kind of like it was kind of like a blessing in disguise for it to happen that way Because she wasn't like this at all with my sister. So as soon as my sister got to the age of like sex being a thing or a topic, my mom was like chill at that point. And she was like a cool mom. (laughs) Where she was open and talking about this stuff. And she didn't like, she didn't watch her like a hawk at all. Like she, my sister did not have the same upbringing at all. She's five years younger. And um, so it was just funny and cool how it all came together and how it all panned out. And um, I'm thankful for that because I really... I really love doing it now. And it's like, I don't think twice about it being weird or embarrassing or awkward. I I think it's actually funny to watch people feel awkward about it because at this point, I'm just like, dude, it's sex. Like, chill. <laughs> it's just sex. Um... And I think that's that's really cool. Like, I, I think it's so cool. I'm able to be in that place just knowing that so many people are not and that I can help them get there. Like, that's like a, a powerful skill that I really embrace and I appreciate. And um, and yeah, I think it's cool. So anyway, that was a long answer, but I do get a lot of personal questions about like how I got into this and stuff. And I was actually thinking of doing a whole episode just based on my story because there's just so much to it and it's actually kind of cool. So I should definitely uh, do that in the future. All right. Let's do all right. We're going over an hour now, so let's do a couple more. Um, I didn't get to the specific penis questions. Maybe let's open those up. I want to go more than just one round, but my dick won't stay hard, and I don't know why. Most likely, that's your refractory period. You have a longer refractory period. So some guys um, some guys need an hour in between, especially with age. This refractory period will become longer naturally, where it's kind of like, uh, you know, you got you got one shot and then um and then it's it's time to chill for a little bit you know and that's just how your body wants to respond and um you know if you're young and you're having this issue i think it's understanding that this may just be your refractory period you can always get checked and and see a doctor see a urologist but i would say that to find things that you can focus on beforehand like elongating the foreplay in the relationship is probably a great thing to focus on that way you're not just going straight in with an erect penis and just and just going for that release and making that the main goal because then you hit there you hit the target and it's it's done you know so if you if this is your a matter of your refractory period being a bit longer then it's all right well let me let me elongate the foreplay and also be aware of what my refractory period is, what is the actual length, and and then maybe even see if, you know, after I come, if I could stay in it doing other things besides penetration while my refractory period is is in place, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? you know what I mean? Um so as you're waiting to get to the point where you can get hard again, you're you're keeping up with some Some touching, some more foreplay, maybe you just cuddle for a bit, watch a movie and then start some heavy petting um, once you get to the point where it's closer for you to get hard again. And I think this is really important because a lot of guys don't realize the importance or the power of good foreplay and doing things besides penetration. Sex is not just penetration, or at least it doesn't have to be and it probably shouldn't be. Because if you're only penetrating her and you're trying to last, like you're trying to go for a half hour, 40 minutes, an hour, that becomes painful for her. It gets painful for her because most women's bodies can't keep up with natural lubrication. And even if you are using a lube, it's still for that length, for that amount of time being penetrated the majority of that time, that's a lot on the body. All right. And I know there's some freaks out there, (laughs) but that's in that's the minority of people's bodies who can actually vaginas who can actually handle that without breaks, you know, without pulling away and just heavy petting, making out um, massage pouring wax on each other doing a little spanking or whipping you know you can play in between there's nothing wrong with doing stuff in between that's fun you know starting starting I keep mentioning role play tonight I don't know why um <laughs> but starting a role play session <laughs> me that's another great memory me and an ex of mine would always role play and I had this certain character um and she always <laughs> this character always came out at random times and he would be like wait okay let's go <laughs> would love it it was so funny it was such a power trip for me (laughs) because I knew he loved this character and it was so fun because I used an accent and everything like we got into it so it's like you can do stuff like that and that doesn't involve penetration it involves playing out a scene and sometimes the scene is a half hour long and then you're ready to penetrate again so to, for you guys to get more comfortable doing this kind of stuff is for you to enjoy your sex life more and for your partner to enjoy it more because she gets a break and she's having fun and you're starting to associate sex with fun and good vibes and play. And it actually becomes this playful thing instead of this stressful thing. And that's how you want it to be. You want to associate the play, you know? And uh, I, and there's, there's too many of you who... Too many of, of people in general who who just, you know, it's like this desperate need for sex and then you have it and it's over and then you're like, oh, when am I going to get it again? And it's just this constant pressure and uncertainty versus what it really should be, which is connection, enjoyment, play, fun. You know, like when did we get to this point of having to look at it so seriously and and, and when you realize that it can be about all these things I just mentioned, then you start to understand, hey, okay, maybe based on what my sex life is now and based on what Steph is saying, does it make sense why my woman doesn't want sex more? You know, can you see the writing in the sand? Is that the, I don't know if I use that right. <laughs> but you know what I mean? No, draw a line in the sand. I am really fucking up all these days. (laughs) I'm just gonna stop. Um, But, but I hope that makes sense. Like when you really think about it that way. All right, if sex is supposed to be this fun, enjoyable thing, and I look at how sex is now, does it does it seem like I'm just trying to bust a nut, and that's really my only intention, and I just want some relief, like a release, and that's it, and that's what sex has become. Because no wonder she doesn't want it with you if that's what it's become. And this is why I tell guys like get understand where you're at right now, and also understand what sex could look like for you if you wanted to change things. And guys, in order to change things, you gotta let the ego go. You gotta let go of that fucking ego. <laughs> that should be like a course in itself. Let go of your fucking ego. Um, gotta pat that. But but because if you're if you're too worried about, oh, what is she going to say? Or if you're worried, like, how can I get this information from her? Ask her the damn question. That's how you get the information. And there's so many of you guys who are afraid of asking a specific question. And that's why sex has this pressure. So what I do is I help put men in a controlled place in their sex life where it's like, oh, wait. I have more control over this than I think. And that's how the majority of you perceive my content. A lot of you are like, thanks Steph, so much. Like I tried this thing that you told me to try and it really worked. And I noticed that she said this instead of this. And I noticed she did this instead of this. And she initiated for the first time. Like, thank you. And the majority of you are appreciative because you're seeing what you're in control over. You're seeing my content and you're saying, wow, she's telling me that I should pay more attention to her arousal state and like what really turns her on and ask her the question, what turns you on most? Who knew I would get an answer of her telling me what turns her on most? Holy shit. Okay, now I have that answer and we used it and now we're having sex or we had sex the other night. See, it's like, but then there's a small portion of you guys who see my content and you're like, why do you expect the guy to do everything? We can't do everything. This is up to her too. You know, it's up to her to tell us what she feels. Okay, but if she's not the one who wants sex and she doesn't care if you have sex or not, then guess what? You're never going to have it unless you make the first move. So, so, yeah, if you want to feel like you're in a place of control, then you, you not her, you have to make the first move. And sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it does feel like, all right, well, she's not putting in any effort. okay, but she doesn't give a fuck about your sex life. You do. So if you're trying to save it and you're trying to increase the frequency of it, then you have to look at what you can control, take those actions, say those things. And then you wait and see what happens. She's reactive to it, right? Like we talked about, women have a responsive arousal system, More so than men do. Much more. The majority of women have a responsive uh, arousal system. So I hope that makes sense to you guys. Because I never want you to feel like you're in charge of doing everything all the time. And you should know everything. And you should know her arousal state. You shouldn't fucking know that. But you should feel confident asking her. You should feel confident figuring it out. And that's how I want you to feel. I'm not expecting you to know everything. I really am not. I don't think it's fair for women to expect men to know everything. So what I do think is fair is, hey, let's see what we're in control over so that we can initiate and get moving here. That's how I want you to feel. I want you to feel a sense of empowerment where it's like, wow, now I have all these tools I can try out and I'm in charge of trying them out. I'm not waiting for her to magically think of this and try it out herself. Doesn't that give you a sense of power? It should. It should give you control. It should give you power. It should give you a sense of like, wow, I have a say in changing this for the better. That feels fucking awesome. So that's always my intention. My intention is always to leave you more powerful than you came in to me. With that didn't make sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? All right, it's late. It's a Friday night. I'm drinking wine. I'm not the best speaker right now, but... You, you get what I'm saying, right? You get my drift. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a fucking account dedicated to men only <laughs> when I have women who try to ask for help. And then I'm like, OK, blah, blah, blah. OK, back to men. <laughs> so definitely on your side here. Um, all right. That is all for tonight because this has been long. Um, I want to get the, that's what she said. I <laughs> want to get this out uh, and. Yeah, I can literally, like I said, I might do, oh man, I might put these in my course. I might respond to all these and put them in my course. I have to figure out what to do. There are so many good questions here, and I just I wish I could get to all of them. It's just, it's going to be a lot of work to get through all of them. Um, But we'll see. I will update you. All right. So, with that being said, guys, I'm going to end this episode here. But don't forget, like I said, to check out the master class. All right. So, it's on pre sale now. As I said, the topic for September is premature ejaculation. So if this is your problem, this is your struggle right now, you want to get in this masterclass. All right. It's 49 bucks right now at presale. That is literally the cheapest thing I've ever, um, I shouldn't say that, cost effective thing, (laughs) program opportunity that I've ever offered besides my free shit. And be sure to buy it on pre-sale if you're definitely interested because that cost will go up. All right, so it will go up in a matter of a week or so because after that, it is $69. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night wherever you are in the world. Let's talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.